We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Live from Las Vegas, Sports Talk. Hot takes and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Friday. Yes, confirmed. It is today's Friday, in case you forgot. Everybody's week has been completely thrown off, including uh, our own here on the Playmakers. But we are here from 3 to 5 p.m., as we are each and every weekday uh, on 1140 The Bet, as well as the Odyssey app. My name is Lindsey Brown, and across the glass from me is... Adrian Hernandez. And we are here to just wrap things up with a big old bow. It's been quite the week in the world of sports and other things. Uh, and, and we're here to be your guide. We're here to be your entertainment. We're here to be your escape. And uh, hopefully we do a damn good job of that today. Yeah, we're, we're hoping these two hours fly by yeah. to lead you into the weekend. My brain's not being very cooperative today. <laughs> it happens. It does. It does. And so hopefully I'm able to be coherent and that we, we keep things on track and that we keep things compelling because there's just too much damn stuff going on to not provide such a program to our listenership. But uh, we do know that today through, I think it's the 6th, maybe it's uh, June 3rd through 6th, that a lot of people are wearing orange today. Why is that? That's because uh, it's basically for gun awareness, for gun oh, protection okay. awareness. And then if you're kind of confused, I'm on uh, weareorange.org, which is like the the home place for this entire kind of movement, the organization and everything. Check that out right now. Um, they say, why orange? On January 21st, 2013, uh, sorry if I... Uh, mispronounce her name, Hadia Pendleton marched in President Obama's second inaugural parade. One week later, Hadia was shot and killed on a playground in Chicago. Soon after this tragedy, uh, her friends commemorated her life by wearing orange, the colors hunters wear in the woods to protect, protect themselves and others. So now where uh, people wear orange every June and uh, thousands of people do that. And so it, it seems like a pretty pertinent thing to do these days. And so that's why I'm wearing it. And so if you're seeing a lot of people out there with the Thing that looks like the new pink but isn't quite there yet you know or it's like the WNBA sweatshirts or something yeah. like that it took me a little while to dig out uh, an orange shirt from my closet today but I'm very happy to have found one because it is a very important time to be very aware of what's going on no 100% and thank you for enlightening me because I had no idea so and that's okay like things are, are everybody's in a washing machine of some sort and everybody's load's just a little bit different yeah so I'm gonna make sure to wear orange for the rest of the week and then also uh, you brought it to my attention last week. It's June 11th, correct? So not yeah, this Saturday, the, March, the next Saturday. Yeah, next Saturday. I think it was like 10 a.m. it starts, and it was down at a, a building. I had it like written down. It's on a website. But if you just like Google search um, March for Our Lives, which is kind of started out of, out of Parkland and, and a lot of the, the students that were present and, and still with us today, 
Uh, well, I'll be going there. I think you said you're going to bring the fam down, and I'm sure there's going to be quite a few other of our um, constituents joining us as and, well. And throughout the country. At, exactly. You brought it up. The big one's going to be at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. Yep. But throughout the entire country for uh, every city, there's going to be locations. So the Playmakers will be will be in there for sure. next. Not this Saturday, this upcoming, but June 11th, two Saturdays from now. We are here for common sense gun laws, people. Doesn't 100%. have to be controversial. And so we'll move on from that uh, because we have the luxury to do that, but the world doesn't necessarily But in terms of what to expect today besides energy that you've never seen before in your lives, we'll get into last night's NBA Finals game. I mean, the Warriors collapsed late. Pretty much everything that a lot of us talked about yesterday happened, but on the opposite foot. And so I kind of want to pick your brain on on what exactly went down, how, how prolific that run was for the Celtics and how much you think it will impact the Warriors' psyche because I, I think this just rolls right off the back for them. And the biggest point for everyone who was watching, it wasn't like a complete blowout t- till the end. It was entertaining. Yeah. And we needed that because it's been three weeks where Absolutely. the NHL has been carrying us in terms of drama. Absolutely. And we'll get into uh, the NHL here in a couple of minutes. Uh, I watched last night's Colorado Avalanche Edmonton Oilers game, and I have a couple of thoughts. Uh, we forgot the sunscreen last night. Uh, you were Las Vegas Aces. This is the first time I think we've said this on the program because the only other loss that they've suffered this year was during a weekend. Yeah, this is And true. so those Connecticut Sun, well, they came back tomorrow, but the next tomorrow after tomorrow because they played each other twice in a row. And now the Aces have, I think, one last game of their three-game homestand, but we'll kind of go through what uh, the Aces have told us about what happened last night because you and I were both – uh, indisposed, but there's also expansion on the horizon for the WNBA. And we kind of want to start brushing up on that as well. Uh, in terms of the second hour, Fridays are for Chambers of Chaos. Yes. And it's going to be a solo session for you today. Are you feeling Finally, nervous about it? I can, I can get comfortable in the chaos and, yep. and really know and get acquainted with the chamber. Yep. And one clipboard for me today. I think that'll be helpful. Still, Coach. We, we got we to gotta simplify. Coach Belichick Brown still yeah. in the building with the clipboard. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Bill probably walks around with a clipboard anymore. I think he's just, it's up here. It's up here. He's not <laughs> going to share any of that. He's not right? going to, you know he's not going to write it down because you know that somebody's probably going to send it out to someone else. He just gives it to his son if he needs it. He's oh, like, hey, get over his here, son, Steve. His son with his tongue wagging out. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. With the mullet, we're bringing it like back. The, this is just like the job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You sound like Kelsey Plum over there for a second. Facts. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit. I think yesterday you wanted to talk about the Raiders, but I wanted to leave a little bit more room for basketball. But OTAs are wrapping up. We have some news uh, uh, regarding your Las Vegas Raiders. And some money, too. So Some money. That's that's what it was about. It's about the wide open gates that are the new league year. And then we wrap up our show, at least on Fridays, with the look back at it. Because she's... Thick. Because she's thick. Thick, 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 thick. And that she is the week of stories that we didn't get to or other things that are picking our brain. And so we will get into that. But let's start with some hockey, shall we? It's time for the can opener. All right. So yesterday on this program, as we were leaving said program, me and Dominic were like, you know what? Abs lose. I even went so far and said, you know what? Abs get blown out. Then I walked it back a little bit. But you know what? (laughs) (laughs) You have to sometimes. You got to be able to talk out of both sides of your mouth. And honestly, once I wrapped it up by saying... This all really depends on the Colorado Avalanche's energy and what they bring to the ice. And so they brought a 4 nothing victory to their home ice last night. It really wasn't really close to be totally uh, transparent. And a lot of it had to do with just the fact that the Edmonton Oilers were really concerned about the extracurricular activities. And 
not necessarily like let's get the scrum going, let's get them distracted, let's take some good penalties. I'm talking like high sticking, I'm talking like slashing, I'm talking tripping behind the play, lazy ass penalties. They took three penalties in the first period. That's six minutes on the kill, including a back-to-back five-on-three. And then the dams broke in the second period. Mike Smith was great. Mike Smith was awesome. You know who was better? Pavel, Pavel Franco. <laughs> I would say Francouz because that's just how I, I, yeah, how I right? read it. is <laughs> Francouz, you know the difference. Um, he was unbelievable last night. And the thing is, is that he doesn't have to be that clean in terms of the way that he plays the goaltending position to find success, right? Because we all just have to look for a way to disrupt our opponent, Honestly, because it's not necessary at this stage of the game. It's not necessarily I need to find my best game. I just need to make sure that they don't find theirs. Because if I commit to that harder grind game, eventually my bounces will come. Eventually my offense will come, especially when you have as deep of a team as the Colorado Avalanche. All that depth scoring that they've been missing the last couple of years, it is there now because their top two lines are so solid. And that pushes out down a lot of extra talent that usually wouldn't even – um have this chance to be in those lower lines. And we all know about what that third line can do leverage point. If you get points, as long as you're not a minus, right? If you're a plus in the bottom six, that's unbelievable in the playoffs. That's that that is truly icing on the cake. But that second line for the for the Colorado Avalanche is vibe in between Lekkanen, Kadri, and Rontanen. Um and we always kind of look at the Rontanen, McKinnon, and Langeskog trio as a line together always because they're usually on that power play with McCarr and, and Devin Taves. But we got to remember that because of this depth, like I just mentioned, they can split up these lines. That's why Rontanen on that line with Kadri, like you have to respect Rontanen as a goal scorer. He has one of the best shots in the NHL. So that opens up Nazem Kadri, who isn't afraid to shoot the puck right away. That's how that first goal was scored last night was the fact that there was a turnover in the high zone and that uh, the puck cycled right along the boards, went to Kadri, and he just fired it right away. And there's a little bit of traffic, but that's the bit, not waiting, right? Catching those missed timings, catching those little moments where it's in between the breaths. And that's like they're dictating the pace of play, right? Yeah. Throughout the game. Exactly. Well, and, and why wouldn't they? they? The Edmonton Oilers just had to skate their ass into oblivion by being on the penalty kill for yeah. at least a quarter of the first period. And we're not even talking about the second period. And then the second period, as we've all learned, or as we've surmised here, is where your dreams go to die, right? If you're a rush-heavy team, this is your NOS cannon, basically. Are they NOS cannons? Is that what you call them in the cars from Fast and the Furious, NOS cannons? Yeah, 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 I think. With, with the, with the, <laughs> I know yeah. it's NOS, but I don't know if it's a cannon. I just yeah, want to be, I never I want to be very particular with our artillery. I think it is. Okay. But the thing is, is that Colorado's getting all their rush chances, but Edmonton's not. They're not able to match this right now because it's about where they're being disrupted on the ice. It's about lazy passes in addition to the lazy penalties and that can those lazy passes can be attributed to the lazy penalties because you're running minutes you're running legs and you're running um basically miles on your brain as you're kind of going through the motions as you're kind of playing out that oh obviously this pass is going to go perfectly well or I'll just kind of you know won't put all of myself into it because I can't I'm tired my body's going to give out in in some points that's what happened to Darnell Nurse last night and that's why that goal was scored and that's why several goals were scored because there were so many turnovers but it's about this rush I read this in um, Daily Faceoff Frank Saravalli wrote this Uh, apparently this stat Avalanche held a 26 to 8 advantage in chances generated off the rush through the first two games of the series 26 to 8 it's unbelievable that's damn near uh, unthinkable for this Edmonton Oilers squad 
and and what I saw from them in game one can absolutely be conjured up again. And I'm truly not thinking – this is not going to be a sweep, guys. I think this is going to be a long series. And trust me, we're going to see if the snow travels. We're going to see if the avalanche can get it done on the road because this is the same exact kind of song and dance that happened to them. Um, at least they went in the first two games as they did last year against the Golden Knights. And then the Golden Knights went out and rattled four straight off. And they were and they didn't have home ice advantage. And so they got to be careful about that. But in terms of the Oilers being able to find their success, they have to be able to get those rush chances. And so they have to stay out of the box, keep those legs fresh, and play smart hockey, right? And and when you're – there's there's physical mistakes that you can't help, and sometimes those are going to end up in the back of your net. But it's those mental mistakes, those those – ill-advised passes or penalties or where you go into the corner and you're just stood up a little bit more than you usually would so your stick gets lifted and it hits somebody in the face. Like I call it the Kevin Fiala play because that's why Minnesota basically got eliminated in the first round. It's just taking dumb penalties and not being on your details, hitting your marks, not being late, not chasing. I mean, all these penalties can probably be attributed to chasing in some way, shape, or form or frustration. And so there's a point where, you know, you could have somebody – punch you in the face but if they don't retaliate you're the only one going to the box and so that's what the Oilers didn't do last night they didn't have as much efficiency is that if you're going to dance you better bring a partner with otherwise what's the point because that's how you take their talent it's not necessarily well next man up well sure we can put somebody else on that power play but if if I have to make Nathan McKinnon go sit in the box for two minutes that's probably a better proposition than having him be an option right yeah 100 percent you have questions yes I do first and foremost uh we'll, we'll start off with Edmonton uh, first off, is there a way for them to kind of, it felt like the Avalanche could enter the offensive zone kind of at will? Mm. What can they do to kind of fix that up? Well, that's where a lot of that comes in where you're not getting put back on your heels with apprehension. So that's either because you don't have the momentum, you don't have the lead, you don't have the physical upper hand, which they didn't even though they were the ones pushing people around the most. And so there's almost like, when you, when you know that you don't have numbers, say you have two defensemen back and there's one forward that's kind of close to the puck carry who's coming down at you, but the other two are kind of out to lunch, I can't step up, really, unless I know my def- my defensive partner is there to back me up and they're, they're, it's only that one person or everybody's covered. Like, you have to play the numbers and the situation on where you are on the ice, and that dictates whether or not you can step up into the play and interject. And then there's also on the back end, you can't just slide back into your goalie either. That's where that gap management is everything in hockey and everything in this series because that's how you make sure Connor McDavid doesn't get to his top speed in the neutral zone and that's how you step up into people where you don't allow them to get a shot off but not necessarily where you kill that play you know in the high zone where somebody else could just pick it up and bring it down lower right there's when you take a test take your SAT there's always four options a b c or d you're not trying to find the 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 best you're trying to find the most correct answer right you try to eliminate two of them and then you'd pick between the two that's what they're trying to do but sometimes you don't have the luxury of having that half eliminated. That's where the Oilers are kind of in it. We're like, ah, oh, there's too much going on, so we have to pick C, B, D. Uh, hopefully they're right. You know? yeah. Does that make it, sense? No, 100%. And, and my next question, and, and you brought it up there where, you know, some of these things is when you're not playing with the lead and doing my research. So this is the third playoff series for Edmonton, obviously, because they're mm-hmm. in the conference finals. It was the third time that they faced a multiple goal deficit in a game one loss. And it's the fifth time in the postseason they've been down by two or more goals. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm Feast talking about famine. VGK. Yeah. Uh, VGK. Are they going to be able to turn on the switch like when the game actually starts? The Oilers? Yeah. 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 No, for sure. It, it's 
it was a good game. It's just that they didn't they didn't get off to a good start. And so when you take those early penalties and and you have to put certain guys out there to kill those penalties, you tax their legs and then you ice the ones on the bench and then you're not uh, able to really settle into the game. You can't get your your okay. I'm gonna get tape to tape pass. Send it deep for check. All right, now I'm feeling good. I'm feeling engaged. I'm feeling right in my body as a player and everything else. That wasn't allowed to kind of transpire. And so you're kind of just like catching up to try to find, you know, some semblance of comfortability. But they're not allowing that for you either. Because this is, this is you know, literally head-to-head competition. Yeah. And so it's just they got put in a place. And then they couldn't get out of it because ultimately the Colorado Avalanche are a more talented team top to bottom even though the, the Edmonton Oilers have the more talented players specifically. Yeah, 100%. And it kind of, it's like the Panthers. Like, you're playing with fire. Yeah, you have this ability to score. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you want to be put in that situation. And talking about the Avalanche and the defense, a play I did see is Connor McDavid on a breakaway, and McCarr kind of stopped him. Yeah, the poke check. Yes, mm-hmm. as a goalie, like how – how encouraging is that to know, like, yo, that's oh one God. of the best players in the league, if not the best. Well, and one of the best defensemen. Like, that. that's where I, I was reading it somewhere where they said it really, really eloquently in terms of there's only a few people that Connor McDavid could probably match up with and say, all right, I can I can spar with you. Oh, Kale McCarr is one of those. He's 23 years old. Right. right. Well, <laughs> Connor McDavid's 25, 26. Yeah, this is nice. But, but Kale McCarr, I mean, it, it's his ability to skate just just as Connor is. But with defensemen, I mean, you the the onus of creativity and, and inspiration is usually put on the forwards, right? I need to beat them. I need to find a way around them. With defensemen, you're just trying to keep the play in front of you. It's the goaltending is similar in that nature too. You want to keep the play in front of you because then you're always able to make that play. You're never out of position. You're never chasing. And that's where McCarr really does a good job of adjusting himself to the to the speed that Connor's going and not falling for, you know, these little dipsy doodles that he can do. Because we always say what's what's the main what's your only focus as a netminder? What the puck. It? The puck. What's your main focus as a defenseman? The, I mean, wouldn't it be the, the puck body. as well? The body. The body. To know you where they're at. You take the body. You take the body. You don't take the puck because the puck can move. You can see, look at the puck. Here it is. And I can just drag it around. I can put it around your body. But if you stop me physically, I'm not going to be able to stick a handle around you yeah. and go get a shot off. And that's where, like, Makar is such a is such a outlier in his maturity, is in his ability to kind of visualize the game and when to step into it. And it's a it's a perfect poke check. There's so many like j- people who who aren't necessarily as well versed in hockey will always or they won't they won't no- notice the nuance of like a really well executed poke check because typically people are like they're sweeping their stick which gets you out of position or you yeah you step too early it's just it's yeah. unbelievable and and Pavel Francouz did the same thing as well where he would come out even way further than most goalies would and would go for a poke check and sometimes that's just enough to to basically go whoa. Why is he out here? We can't go that. We we can't do that play anymore. And then the opponent's brain starts going. Then we gotta we're gonna dump the puck in instead of take. We're gonna dump the puck in just over the red line rather than getting the blue line. Then sending it deep. Like that's sometimes the difference between winning those 50-50 battles and not and turning the puck over and not. And the Colorado Avalanche have been all over it. They're not making as many mistakes, at least not as many as they did in Game One. And so uh, I would anticipate them bringing a very mercenary like energy into Rogers Arena in uh, Edmonton for game three. But man, that building's been very, very potent. And I would expect that offense and that power play to not go over again. 
did um did the performance in Pavel the the shutout? I think it was twenty four. Yeah, twenty four save like performance. Yeah. And even after the game, uh, the coaching staff and the head coach of the Avalanche, like they're keeping it quiet with Darcy's upper body injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but after this performance, do you have confidence where either goalie they're they're going to be good? I I, I don't. I mean, I, I have confidence that they're going to be able to to get the job done. I'm very excited for for, for Francois because like to have, to be a backup guy and he's not really played very much this year. He's been a, a couple of spot starts, but he's had playoff experience. He's been one of those goalies that's got gotten injured in the past and been the reason why they've they've been you know a little bit weighed down. And so I, I think that kind of exercises some demons for him personally. And so I have confidence in that. But if Darcy's dealing with like concussion symptoms or, or whatever else. Like I, I kind of just put him in the back burner because if if France, if Frankus can like get something going, that's how you ride. Like you can ride on the gas from um, backup goaltenders coming in and saving the day. That might be the, just what they needed to their little magic pill to help um, circumnavigate all of the spirituality we've been talking about with Connor McDavid and Leon and all that other stuff. Right? It's all these little things where there's a, a narrative hook. And then the guys believe in it. And so, great game last night. I anticipate uh, another good one tonight at Madison Square Garden between the Rangers and the Lightning. Uh, go Rangers. This is your home for Rangers uh, propaganda here in the Las Vegas Valley. So, Avs and Rangers. That's the final we're hoping for. But certainly we'll take whatever. We need to move on, though. We have NBA stuff to talk about. The finals. The collapse. The Steph Curry. 11.40 bet. Uh-huh. This much. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. I remember, like, junior year chemistry class, me and my friend, Akama, who actually competed in the Olympics in, like, I think it was, like, bobsledding. That's lit. I, it is. It is super lit. She ran track for the University of Minnesota and stuff, but we used to do the- Humble brag. Yeah, seriously, though. We used to do the beat all the time. Boom, and just back and forth because, you know, stoichiometry was boring. We had much more uh, time. and uh, so what a Stoichiometry? That's like, what is that? I, bar- I cheated. Mr. Kelber did not teach me about this. Dude, that's like when you're basically adding, like, atomic numbers of elements and stuff like that and doing the math. Oh, so like yeah. trying to count up Steph's three-pointers in the first quarter yesterday. But somewhat similar. Yeah. Somewhat similar. <laughs> I mean, like, he for sure, like, was on a metronome in that first quarter. Like, he set a couple records, I think, right? I heard he was motivated by somebody. Yeah, somebody. Um, yeah, he a set the NBA, the NBA finals record. Um, yeah. Six threes in the quarter in the finals. That ain't ever happened before. And he set his own personal record, too, because of 21 points. Yeah, um, which in is the fantastic, except they lost. Yeah, so first and foremost is we just we're gonna dive right into uh, game one of the NBA finals. Ignorance is bliss. So much for the Celtics and the lack of experience and all that talk in zero games because and flying across the country. <laughs> yeah, and back to back game sevens. Going through the gauntlet. They have now moved to eight and two on the road during these playoffs and the Warriors, their first kind of unbelievable. Because the playoffs are like a month long so far. Yeah. Nine and one, their first home loss. In the finals. And I think the Celtics are one win short of basically a playoff record of wins on the road. Yeah, but it's so... Which is wild. And it, but it, they've it, dropped a lot at home. Like you said yesterday, they're damn near 500. Yeah, they're 5-4 and four so yeah. far. Um, and, and like we just talked about, Steph went berserk. Six three-pointers, 21 points in the first quarter. Um, and even 
the entire team after the first quarter. The Warriors shot 48% overall, 53% from three. With all that being said, and, and by the way, bold strategy by the Boston Celtics. Greatest shooter of all time. Nobody guard him. Give him if time he's... and space. That guy needs it. <laughs> time and space. Give him, him and the... Connor McDavid. They don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Give him the Draymond treatment. <laughs> it didn't work. But with all that being said, after the first quarter, they were only down four. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you can watch film and do all this for three days and get prepared. Like, as soon as you see it on the court, you are like, oh, snap, these dudes are different. And I'll give them credit, too, because for Boston, they had to play Giannis. They had to play Jimmy Butler, Mm -hmm. two dudes that aren't necessarily comfortable shooting. So they were dropping down. And kind of waiting for him to go to the lane. Well, and it's Steph like, was like escaping too. He'd like, you know, do a little shimmy and then he would step back and everybody's just like, oh, wait. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it, not so much leaving them open. It was just like it, they were, the Warriors were definitely on their choreography early. And then the Celtics just took a little bit longer to settle in. And yeah, once they settled in, they were good. And, and to put it in perspective too, like versus Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Heat averaged 10.4 threes made per game. Uh-huh. The Warriors had 11 threes in the first quarter. Holy balls. So it's it's a completely different um a different just mindset but and play style. At least they kind of had a ramp up because wasn't Miami like they 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 shot a lot of threes but it's not to this rate. Yeah, but but the thing was is that with Miami there was only really Who's Jimmy Butler, yeah. Jimmy Butler, who could who could go into the paint, and then even versus Milwaukee, it was just Giannis. Yeah. So they kind of had the mindset early of let's build a wall, and it's like no, there's too many playmakers, and they'll shoot it from anywhere. Uh, and real quick, by the way, because this is unbelievable um, to me. This is the 17th time in NBA Finals history that a road team has won Game One of of the NBA Finals. How many times do you think that team has gone on to win the championship out of the 17? Ooh. I'm going to say five. You're close. Um, eight. So it's almost a oh. 50-50 split, surprisingly. Wow. Um, and I'm not shocked by that, though. Yeah. I think it's honestly, in the playoffs, I think it's easier to win on the road. I would say that, like, for hockey, too. I would say that more so for hockey. Because there's just so much pressure for you to win at home. I mean, you do have the you have the, the ambiance. You have the, the crowd and stuff. But if you don't get going, that becomes an anchor for you. Yeah, and and you know I think the Celtics would agree because yeah. they lost to Miami game one. They lost and to you Milwaukee. Just get fueled off like, oh, look at this! Everybody's quiet now. Oh, nothing to say. Yeah, and and somehow, despite the explosion in the first quarter for for the Warriors, Boston going into halftime had the lead. Um, the Steph Curry adjustment and kind of how. You know, with Steph, if you give him a half an inch, that is way too much speed. The, the big difference, what they did is they had Al Horford and Rob Williams, two of their bigs on the court. After that six, the first six minutes of the first quarter, throughout the game, they were never on the court at the same time. They went small and they switched. This is a team right. that they, they, they pride themselves on one-on-one defense, and that's exactly what they did. And the other thing that was huge to me was kind of the diverse scoring going into halftime. They had over five players that each had five points. So sharing the ball because... Yeah, you didn't need Jason Tatum hero ball. And you didn't get it because this dude went three for 17. Yeah, he was Brick City for the first half. And I will give him credit that it it did seem he was a little bit uncomfortable. Some of the defensive schemes, he was kind of rushing like his floater. There was an awkwardness. He almost traveled. And and he's the highest energy that they're going to gravitate towards. It's going to take him probably the longest to figure it out, but he's also the most equipped to do so. And to his credit, 13 assists. Yeah. And he yeah. had a whole Find bunch a of way. rebounds. Find a way yeah. to, pr- to produce and, and be <laughs> which involved. Is, 
which is really the resilience of this. That's the key word of this game is resilience and kind of the path that the, the Celtics have taken. When I read that Marcus Smart was hitting those threes down, or at least had, had a hand in, I was just like, all right, so this is a different type of compilation of game. In the fourth quarter, there was a time where Marcus Smart was left open. He drove to the lane. He took the ball behind his back Stop like you're it. playing 21 yeah. and then just floated it in for two points. And there was nobody close so did, to him. Did the Warriors just go into <laughs> autopilot? Like we're going to be able to cruise control through this because we've been in the I, Western Conference? Or was it just that that the, the Celtics came back with some, such vengeance that before you know it, oh, there's two minutes left and we're down by too many points? To me, this is this is the problem that, I, that I'm going to see for the Warriors going further into this series. Draymond Green last night played terrible. He only had four points. He He's went. breaking all down on his podcast, too, all yeah, while this is yeah. simultaneously going on. He did have an episode after the I game, I believe. T- I think he's talking directly about his matchups, which I find fascinating. Uh, it's kind of it's a new era, thanks for him, but I don't know if that works out it's for the rest cor- of the team. Yeah, correct, <laughs> correct. And it's it's one of the, you know, CJ McCollum got hired for ESPN to do the same thing. It's yep. a weird... And like, I'm not here to say stick to sports and stick to what you're doing, but you're in the NBA Finals. Maybe not podcast about what the matchup's doing after a loss is a good thing to go for. How Just much saying, money does Colin if I, would, if I was Steve Kerr, I mean, what am I going to say to Draymond? I'd be like, dude, come on. Focus up. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because even after the game in the postgame press conference, uh, one of the quotes that stuck out was they said that the Warrior, that the Warriors dominated, he said, 41 or 42 minutes of the game. And it's like, I just told you. They dominated the first quarter. In halftime, yeah. Boston had the lead. Yeah. And then the fourth – and Boston – they they went to seven games versus Miami where Miami only played three good quarters. So, like, that doesn't... Well, and he said striking distance. I'm like, that's the perfect way to encapsulate what that... They kept it within striking distance, and and then at the end of the day, they were the ones that, that didn't win out. But here's the bit. If, if we lost a game, and we got on the bus, and we were talking, dare I say laughing, we were getting bag skated. Now, we weren't professionals, but there was just all of a sudden this kind of, like, self-policing that would come down. And... They've earned their their not just ability, but the the, the respect to be like, nah, it's one game because they've won three championships. Whatever. I just if we're a week from now and things have gotten very sour, we're gonna look back at this, and it, you can't say that it's not exactly. not a contributing factor. I'm not saying it's a reason; it's a contributing factor. And and to me, the biggest factors going in this series is like I was saying, Draymond four points, two for twelve. Uh, he went zero for three from the free throw line. He had two terrible can't free throw attempts. In the fourth quarter. But the way that the Celtics were treating Draymond, they were sagging off. And then now, Jordan Poole has been a defensive liability, and the Celtics played him off the court. Steve Kerr had to take him out because they kept attacking him. And they brought in Andre Iguodala, who was another offensive liability. True, but another offensive liability. So now the Celtics were able to sag off a two. Right. And when you're able to sag off and close those lanes yep. and, and have people chase Steph and Clay, yep. because throughout I dare this, you to beat us with these two. Yeah. I dare you to make them shoot. And throughout this successful with like, that efficiency that they were doing working with the second half, for sure. Yeah, and, and throughout amazing. these runs where, where Golden State has been has won these championships, they've had one guy that they've been able to do that. And Draymond Green works best when he's getting defended because that's when he can become the facilitator. Yep. When all those gaps and everything's being closed out and the defense is able to switch and they can guard you one-on-one, he's not able to Draymond facilitate. Draymond needs attention. Yeah, he does. Straight up. And it, here's the part that I'm going to enjoy right now, too. Uh, Steph only finished with 34 points um, after that 21-point barrage. He was yes. 35 probably a win. One shot of greatness. Uh, he didn't score any points in the second quarter. Uh, when he was down in the in the uh, in the fourth quarter, when he was out to start the uh, to start the fourth quarter, he was on the bench. Golden State didn't score at all. Jalen Brown came in. Derek White came in. 
seven-point run. They were Golden State was up by 12. They got it to five points. They brought in Steph, and they didn't score for another five minutes. So there was eight minutes out of that entire quarter where That's Golden State went scoreless. What I think is going to need to happen is Steph's going to have to play more minutes. Uh, they asked him about it after the game. He's going to have to go 40-plus. He was like, there's six games left. We got to do what we got to do. just to keep the chili do. hot, you got to keep stirring it around. Otherwise, you know, the syrup starts to get like a, 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 a what do you call it? When the when it like super sticky and not it, like, no, it like solidifies. It's like a little bit of of a lens like at the top. You ever been in like a breakfast buffet? And it's like this huge thing of syrup yeah, with a ladle. And looks then like venom. Just, yeah, well, it's just like <laughs> it looks like it basically solidified like ice on top. But then you move it and like, oh look, it's syrup again. Like you got to keep him in the game to at least keep the rest of the the plumbing going at the same type of speed, pace, and everything else. Because like you said, if he's not out there and they can sag down to two, you're gonna limit all of your best options and then they're going to win the Celtics will win out because at that point it's war of attrition and we know that they are battle tested in that particular calculus and this next sentence is going to make you proud here's the bit the Celtics went 21 for 41 from three Derek White Marcus Smart Al Horford contributed 15 of those some might say that might not happen again I'll say well number one there was a couple difficult shots there but a lot of those threes especially Al Horford's were wide open right number two We talked about it a little bit. Jason Tatum went three for 17 and had 12 points. So the averages of the math, whether you're not going to get the threes as much, you're going to get a better performance. You're not going to get Brick City to that level again. Absolutely correct. And that's why this is going to be a a really good finals. And like you've been saying over the last week, week and a half, because we haven't had the best of basketball, um, it's it's a nice palate cleanser and and good closeout to the season. So let's hope it stretches to seven games. Um, But... We got to move on with our time. We got to talk about some different basketballs for Las Vegas Aces. They are capable of losing. We'll get into why. Love for the bet. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. <laughs> I want to say this so bad. Bring in all the white people to the yard, Mr. Brightside. <laughs> oh. This is synergy from yesterday's episode, and it gets people... To be like, why are you playing 2005 bangers? Or maybe they're like, I totally remember that part of the conversation. You guys are next level geniuses because you're just sprinkling this stuff in week, day by day and week by week. And that's why you can't miss an episode, guys. Like, that's why the Odyssey app exists, honestly, and why podcasts exist. Because if you do miss anything, 
this show, any other show we've done previously, fully available to you, our personal playlist, uh, Underground uh, Hip Hop, right? Yes, and yes, then, yes. Uh, mine is Hype Master Locker Mix, and um, as well as like the Bet MGM Tonight hit that I'm going to do at 6 p.m., so don't turn your dial after we get done with our show because I'll be on an hour later. Like All that stuff is there so you can live your best life, and if that means putting Mr. Brightside on and turning it all the way up. You got to do what you got to do. Live your life. To the fullest on a Friday, live your life for sure. Kind of nervous, though. because I'm not nervous about the Aces losing last night because it's only the second time that it's happened. And it's only the first time that we've really mentioned uh, the word loss on this program, at least with that team. Right. But Jackie Young and Chelsea Gray both exited with injuries last Ooh. night. Like, that's just kicking us while we're down. Chelsea Gray got hit in the face. Got stitches like a badass. Um, Jack Young, though, turned her ankle, and uh, both of them did not return. I think Jackie walked off on yes. her own power, so that's uh, yeah. very enthusing. But, um, you know, 26 points. She's been unbelievable. All those, uh, Both of those ladies have been un- unbelievable. Ch- Kelsey Plum, Asia, everyone's been great. But, you know, sometimes you dig a hole for yourself that you can't get yourself out of. And that was basically what happened to the Aces in the first quarter. It was almost like they were the Celtics, but they didn't complete the comeback because they were down by 19 points, erased 18 of them, and ended up losing 97-90. and uh, That first quarter, Aces led early 5-2, to but Suns scored 13 straight to go up by double figures, calling Las Vegas to call timeout. Usually we're running up the score in that first quarter. I don't know how much time we've spent <laughs> right. chasing – but Connecticut's 37 points were the second most ever allowed by the Aces in a quarter. And the Sun shot 83.3% uh, away from the field. I think the Celtics had like 88% from the field in that fourth quarter last night. Yeah, that's not good. No, that's I, not good. And our guy Miles, uh, Miles Ehrlich, er, er, um, yep. he, he tweeted last night and he, he really brought it up that this was the concern going into the season is the lack of of depth on the roster. And also the thing that he pointed out is, you know, we hired Becky and that's amazing. But throughout that off season, we did not have a general manager and you kind of wonder if that's one of the reasons why we don't have this depth. Yeah. I mean, the depth would certainly help, but also not turning the ball 14 times, turning it over probably would help too. But the thing was, is that, you know, once those injuries happened, it was Kelsey Plum and, and, and Becky went with four bigs. So mm. Connecticut, which, we talked about this week as a good defensive team. They were double teaming her because they're like, well, none, they can't. Who else is going to facilitate the right. offense? We don't have as many big, big yeah. bigs on our roster anymore, so we just have to play probably a less successful version of our game, which is kind of what the bet, the bed that they made for themselves. Because you get out into that type of a deficit, the bench for the Sun outscored the Aces fifteen to five. It just seemed like in almost every statistical category, um, the roles were reversed from their game on Tuesday night because I'm pretty sure the, the Aces forced the Connecticut Sun into a lot of turnovers on Tuesday and a pretty low shooting percentage as well. And so, unfortunate uh, loss. I believe that they're back at it tomorrow. Do you know who Or they, they play Dallas at home yeah, on Sunday right. to close out Pride the home night. stretch. Pride night. I, I was looking at that, um, or at least at their home page as I was getting to this article here. But just ex- expand a little bit on the WNBA, because not since 2008, since – uh, have they added a team that was the Atlanta dream and we've heard a lot about at least earlier in this season where you're hearing about you know lottery picks getting cut all stars getting cut because there's just simply not enough roster spots and there's so much talent coming into this league right now and so a lot of the at least one of the qualms that the players have had with the league and 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 the commissioner and that 
They've had a lot on their plate, and they've done great things. This is a, this is another step to kind of legitimize this league and to not deter and cut talent. Yeah, that's and not a good business model for anybody. One hundred percent. And so right now in the in the WNBA, uh, one hundred and forty four roster spots are available throughout the league. Mm-hmm. Um, right now the league's co- carrying closer to one hundred and thirty seven players. Um, because of the salary cap restrictions. But, yeah, and I just want to point this out again because it's kind of like when we talked about Asia Wilson saying she couldn't give her jersey to a fan because yep. she didn't know if she'd get a new one. Yep. Lottery picks this year were getting cut. Yep. Not second-round picks. Rookie of the year. So, like, some somebody got cut like that where it was something ridiculous. Yeah, and also also we're, we're talking about proven veterans, too, throughout the league. Yeah. And, you know, in, in the article, and this is this is something that the commissioner of the WNBA said, that yes, we we do want to expand by 2024, kind of like the Engelbert. rumors. Yes, kind of like the rumors with the NBA about Seattle and Las Vegas, is they have they've narrowed it down to six cities: Nashville, Oakland, Philadelphia, Portland, San Francisco, and Toronto. To me, if I had to pick two, I'd go Nashville and Toronto. How about you? I think Toronto needs to be part of it for sure. I think the Canadian crossover international is is very important, and obviously there's. A lot to grow from the the Toronto Raptors' recent success, and you and you liked Nashville. Yeah, I like the the Pat Summit Tennessee Volunteers yeah. that connection of like women's basketball. I, I like Nashville. I, I was when I was reading uh, into it a little bit here in this athletic article. It seems like that arena situation they would most likely play at a Bridgestone, which is the same arena that the Preds play out yeah. of. Um, wouldn't run into a whole lot of scheduling conflicts because winter versus summer, but I I wonder if there's only one big arena. It was like the eight thousand seater arena where like the roller derby is, and then it's Bridgestone. All the concerts go there too, right? If they're not outside, yeah. And so and and trust me, all these these and, people are researching this to the nth degree to to figure that out. But I, I think you you want to go with like a major market like Toronto, and then like a secondary tier market like Nashville or even Oakland. But Oakland, we we. We've run that ball down that particular road so many times. That was the sympathy pick for me. Right. But then, but then also again, the Oakland Aces and San were the Francisco. First profe- we're the only professional team in town for a while, and, now, and look where we're at. True. I, and also the thing with Nashville that may change here in the future is I know that the Titans are looking to get a new football field. And you know how a lot of these yeah. new fields are – Let's make it a complex with an amphitheater and uh, you know apartments and restaurants. So I don't know if they necessarily they're going to get an arena. Um, that's something to think about. It, to me, I kind of I wanted to branch out the league and not go into the cities that already have professional basketball in them. Right. And and then and I said the Nashville connection with Pat Summit and the Volunteers. But if I'm being completely honest, to me it's tough to hear that they want to expand when what we just pointed out where Asia Wilson's like, hey. I don't even know if I can get a second jersey, right. but I do know the problem that the league's facing and some of these players are facing that they can't get a spot. Yeah. So it's a tough situation. Well, and you of, add more people to the party, that means more dollars. Exactly. That means more revenue. That means higher salary caps. That means just more everything. And and that's where it's like there's so much stuff that also has to happen in conjunction with this. And and you know Engelbert, they've they've redone the entire economic like outlook of this league. I mean, and what they've been able to accomplish in the last couple of seasons just outside of the game of basketball is unbelievable, invaluable to just like democracy, to be totally honest. And so everything's a process, and that's the hard part of of, of the process of progress because there is red tape that you're going to have to go through, and there are hard kind of truths to swallow that you thought that you, you were that we were going to be beyond this. And so 
But the capitalization of this positive momentum behind this league and just women's sports in general is, in, is very important to make good on. And they're being proactive about it. And so I, I think um, I agree with you in terms of like not going into a saturated market. Like San Francisco, I'm like, what are you who, – who's going to go? Who's going to go? Maybe just the people that Who's can't dollar? afford the Warriors well, tickets. And that's, and <laughs> that's, that's the ultimately only thing. the thing, too. But it's like, you know, you want to make sure that you're you're putting – you don't want it to be, like, the cheaper alternative. Yeah. That's not that's not the way we market yeah. it. Yeah, and, and that's kind of my deal. Like, I want yeah. these things to be fortified. This like, to is me, supposed to be the, the, the main piece. This is this is a show in, in and of itself. It's not just an afterthought. And that's where we're trying – the NBA is the tip of the spear – when it comes to women's sports being an afterthought in this consciousness. 100%. And to me, it was shocking that not only to see the Aces, Mark Davis bought them from MGM for only $2 million, blew my mind. Mm-hmm. It's some of the values, the expansion fees being 15 to 20 mil. It kind of made me disappointed because Call of Duty has their own professional league with cities. To get into that league, it's $25 million. And it disappointed me. I'm like, this video game has well, video more game, of an expansion who, who fee. Should, well, here's the bit. No, and I know. Women aren't profitable. Or at least that's yeah. what people think. But they, that's what they think because they don't know, and we don't know because we haven't tried. And so this is the try. Try is slow, and it, there's a lot of spit flying back in your face too. And so either way, um, positive momentum, good things, and, and growth certainly uh, needed with some oversight as well. But happy to hear about all of that with the league at large. Hopefully the Aces can get back on their winning ways tomorrow, as you mentioned, against the Wings. Oh, uh, the, the Dallas, Dallas Wings, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, on Sunday, though, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Got to get more consistent in those quarters, ladies. So what would I know, though? K-Plum, just start <laughs> barking at people. I think it's an intimidation factor at this point. Ooh, K- ooh, ooh. Chamber of Chaos on the way. Love for the bet. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.